My name is Will Stafford, and you are listening to Unqualified. Once again, I do not have my co-host here with me, Andrew. Uh, sadly, he is—he has other things to do other than a mediocre podcast. Um, but yeah, uh, my name is William Stafford. I go to Arkansas State University. I'm a sophomore at Arkansas State. And uh, unqualified. This is the third installment, third episode of unqualified and basically unqualified let's let's just go through the intro welcome to unqualified a podcast where two friends actually just one person right now with absolutely no sports credibility give their takes on stories and headlines in the sports world once again my name is will stafford and this is unqualified as i have said multiple times now there's a lot to talk about there's a lot to talk about this week especially because there's a few things going on there's a few things happening right? Now, I am from Arkansas. I live in Arkansas. I have all my life. I was born here. I was born in Little Rock, Arkansas. So everything Arkansas sports is what I enjoy. It's what I enjoy watching. It's 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 how I, it's my favorite part about sports around here, around Arkansas. If you're from Arkansas, sports, especially football, is, is your forte. You love football. So I love Arkans- the Arkansas Razorbacks. And the Arkansas Razorbacks look fantastic this year. Started with a 4-0 season, beating Texas and Texas A&M, both very good teams. Now, because of this 4-0 start, beating Texas and Texas A&M, Arkansas bumped up to number 8 in the nation. Now, to me personally, that's a little too high. Being top 10 f- for beating two teams who hadn't even proved themselves when Arkansas had beaten them. I, th- I think number eight was a little too generous. And now I'm not complaining about number eight because number eight is very good. There aren't, t- there are teams in the nation that will never even come close to that. Heck last year, I thought Arkansas would never come close to that again. Right. And so coming up after they were given the number eight uh, seed in the nation, number eight seed, the number eight position in the nation, there was a game against the number two, team in the nation the georgia bulldogs now the georgia bulldogs in my opinion are the best team in the nation i think to a lot of people they are the best team in the nation their defense it's like you're playing grown men right the 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 georgia bulldogs defense is incredible going into the game against arkansas they had allowed zero zero points in the in the uh first half now that's that's really good. Arkansas didn't do. Uh, Arkansas kind of did the same thing, not allowing any points in the first quarter. Now, that all changed, right? I think if you guys saw anything, I'm sure you did. If you follow any any football at all, Georgia beats Arkansas 37 to zero. Now, as I just said, Arkansas has not allowed any points in the first quarter to any team they had played leading up to this game. They allowed 21 points to the Georgia Bulldogs. Now that's a big deal. That is a very big deal. 
21 points against a team who has not allowed a, a first quarter point all season in four in four complete games. To score three touchdowns on them is, I mean, incredible. Now, that's not quite as insane as Georgia only allowing 16 points all season going into the Arkansas game. Now, this all happened today. This game happened today. So everything, the, the AP polls have not come out yet. Uh, they come out tomorrow on Sunday, October 3rd. Um, so we will be waiting on those. Although I highly doubt, depending on, let, let's put it this way, depending on how the Alabama game turns out, Alabama will be playing against Miss, Ole Miss. Now, Ole Miss is a very good football team this year. Uh, depending on how that game pans out will depend on if Georgia is thrown to number one. Now, I don't believe they – I mean, I, I believe they deserve number one, but beating the number eight team 37-0 definitely is a big deal. But um, the, if Alabama beats Ole Miss, they will probably stay number one. It's what a lot of people on the internet call Alabama bias um, because Alabama has been number one in the nation for as long as I've been alive. They've just been that good. Now, obviously, they've had, you know, number two, number three times, but they've never, I've never seen them out of the top 10 in the time I've been alive because Alabama is just that good. Nick Saban is just that good of a coach. Now, and so we'll, we'll, we'll be waiting on the AP polls tomorrow. Um, again, I doubt Georgia will be number one. Uh, I'm sure they will most definitely stay top two. Really, the only thing you'd be waiting on for them is going, is if they go to number one or not. Um, and that all, again, that all depends on how Alabama does against Ole Miss. Um, I have a feeling Alabama will beat Ole Miss because while yes, Ole Miss is a very good football team, Alabama is just that much better. And I have a feeling Alabama will stay number one this week. Now, do I think they deserve it right now? No. Do I think they will stay? Yes. As I keep saying, but you know. We'll find out here soon. Now, I will say, the Razorback defense is some of the best Razorback defense I have seen in my life. I am 19 years old. I've watched Arkansas football for, man, who knows how long, um, for as long as I can remember. And this has been the best defense, defensive Razorback team I've ever seen. Now, 37-0 against a very, very good Arkansas defense. I mean, that's just... And, and, that, and that is with a... That is with their backup quarterback. JT... Oh, man, I forget his name. JT... Their starting quarterback. Georgia's starting quarterback. I apologize for not knowing his... Uh, JT Daniels. It's JT Daniels. Um, he was out with an injury um, for that week. And so they had backup quarterback... Uh, I believe his name, I don't want to miss, I don't want to misspeak. So we're going to, I'm going to search this up real quick. Um, it's going to be Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett is a very good football player. He, I mean, to me, he killed Arkansas last year uh, in 20, in the 2020 COVID season. I mean, he's just very good. However, however, 
Arkansas defense looked hopeless against him. 37-0. And I'm going to keep repeating that number, 37-0. Now, on the other side, the Bulldogs' defense looked better than ever. Multiple people have said, oh, it's like you're playing against a grown set of... You're, you're playing against a bunch of grown men. And I would have to agree. Georgia's defense is, first of all, gigantic. But secondly, there's... First of all, there's a picture going around of a George, one singular Georgia linebacker. Not linebacker, I apologize. Offensive lineman. Blocking three Arkansas players now that is on the offensive side but that is as a like on both sides of the ball these guys are gigantic and they read plays perfectly they execute their plays perfectly there's just so many reasons as to why Georgia is so good right I mean what do you do what do you do against a bunch of grown men when you are a bunch of actually I say that Arkansas has some grown men too because of uh COVID, COVID year and everything of that nature. Now, I'm not here to say that Arkansas looked horrible because I have, I can't say that, right? But they didn't look good. Now, KJ Jefferson looks like he is becoming, he is coming out of his shell. He is maturing as a quarterback overall. 65 yards only. 65 passing yards only. Now, of course, no touchdowns or anything of that nature. Eight passes for 65 yards. Eight completed passes for 65 yards, I should say. Eight of 13. That's not great. I think if you talk to anybody who doesn't even know football would say that's not great. But that is a testament to how good this Georgia football team is. Kirby Smart is planning something. And I believe, I genuinely believe after that game that the Georgia Bulldogs will win the national title. I think they can beat Alabama. 100, 110% I think they can beat Alabama. Now, if you were an Arkansas fan, I wouldn't get too down about, my, about the Arkansas football team and... Um, and thinking, man, like, is this really it? Like, did we get so excited over four wins that we just couldn't, that we just couldn't compete against any other SEC team? No, Arkansas can compete against any of these SEC teams, except for Georgia. But nobody can compete with Georgia right now, except maybe Alabama. Now, let's just say this once once again: don't get down about Arkansas football because. The Arkansas Arkansas Razorbacks are still a very good football team. KJ Jefferson, as I said, is starting to come out of his shell. He is maturing as a quarterback and as a player. He's becoming a leader on the field. And then you have players like Rocket Rocket Sanders, uh, running back. He, I mean, he can he can take off or he can, he can catch. Like there there's guys like that, and of course. Of course, of course, of course. There is the always... There is the always dangerous Traylon Burks, number 16. One of the best SEC wide receivers that you can really think of in the past few years. 
he is just he is just so good at finding the ball as it comes out of the air. A lot of players have difficulty, especially with a especially with really good SEC defenses. They have a really hard time of finding the ball in the air as fast as possible. If you can find the ball in the air uh, faster than your uh, faster than your defender, then there is a you have a much better chance of catching this ball. Now there could be a really bad throw by KJ Jefferson, which happens sometimes, but that happens to any quarterback. I mean, I watched I, I watch Patrick Mahomes do it regularly, and he's one of the best. Now there could be a really bad throw by KJ, and somehow, some way, Traylon Burks finds the ball and makes some incredibly athletic dive or athletic catch to give us thirty yards. There's not a lot of wide receivers that can do that. Now, there is a guy named Odell Beckham Jr. who is in the NFL, plays for the Cleveland Browns. and But Traylon Burks is one of the most athletically gifted wide receivers I've seen in a very, very long time. There's not a lot that I can say about Traylon Burks that hasn't already been said. Because Traylon Burks is viewed by many as the best wide receiver in the SEC. By, by far. And Arkansas is not even the best team in the SEC. That says a lot. Because Arkansas has always been overlooked. They've been at the bottom of the SEC chain for who knows how long. Right next to Vandy. Or Vanderbilt, as you could call them, of course. But Traylon Burks, plus KJ Jefferson, who is becoming a very mature quarterback. Becoming a very, one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. And that's saying a lot because there is a guy named JT Daniels with the Georgia Bulldogs who is a very good white boy. And I can say that. <laughs> However, I'm just that's just the offensive side of the ball. The defensive side of the ball, as I've said just a few minutes ago, is one of the best Arkansas defenses I've seen in my life. And it's not like they're playing a crazy like crazy defensive um defensive plays like throwing throwing defender no they're just they're they mostly play with three linebackers on one side of the ball and then everybody else is wide out I don't know about you but that's not normal to me I'm used to four or five not three Now I'm not fully sure how many sacks they have this year so far. However, I am I assure you it is a lot. They regular sacks come more and more become more and more defensively powerful as the time goes on. For example, and and I'm not even just saying I'm not even just saying sacks. Let's let's let me let me divert from that. The defense in general looks incredible. Bumper pull linebacker, 61 tackles on the year. Monteric Brown has two interceptions, one very athletic one. Fantastic catch by him. It's and 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 so bumper pull, as I said, 61 total tackles. Hayden Henry is right behind him at 50. Grant Morgan is tied with Hayden Henry with 50. Jalen Catalan, 46. Jalen Catalan is one of the best, uh, one of the best 
defensive backs I've se- I've seen in a very long time, especially for Arkansas. It is this Arkansas defense is incredible. And and let's let let me read. They only have 10 sacks. However, when you look at 10 when you look at things like that, it may only say 10 sacks. But a lot of times the the defensive line is so mounts so much pressure on the opposing quarterback that they force certain interceptions, they force quarterbacks to make a bad pass to a to a receiver that is right in front of Bumper Pool and Hayden Henry together. So, as I said, Arkansas fans do not fret because this Arkansas team is still so 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 good. Now, I'm going to pivot a little bit away from Arkansas football and go to Arkansas State football because that's what I'm here for, right? Now, Arkansas State played Tulsa. Tulsa is not a great team going into the games or going into this Arkansas State Tulsa game. Both teams are 1 and 3. Both teams were pretty evenly matched. Um however, one team was better than the other. Arkansas State lost to Tulsa. 34 to 41, I believe. I think I read that wrong. But I will say Yes, 34 to 41. I apologize. Arkansas State th- I've said this every time I've talked about an Arkansas State game. Arkansas State defense needs a re-up. Arkansas State defense is the reason Arkansas State football is losing games. James Blackman on the uh the quarterback James Blackman looks fantastic. He's making passes that a lot of quarterbacks probably shouldn't be able to make, right? Now, what I will say is that the defense, you can kind of see small improvements as time goes on. However, it's not enough. 34 is a lot of points. As I said, Georgia beat Arkansas 37-0. 34 points against anybody is a good score. But 41 against you is not good. 41 against you is never, ever good, right? You can't score 34 and then expect to win a game if you're going to allow multiple big gains, right? This happens a lot. Arkansas State will score a whole bunch of points and just give it up the next next play. Now, I, I, I don't know football as much as the next person. However, Arkansas State did start the game well. They were leading at the end of the first quarter, 14 to 7. And then they 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 pretty much lost it in the second quarter. Uh not scoring at all in the second quarter. And Tulsa scoring 17. And then Arkansas State won the third quarter, 17 to 14, and then 3 to 3 in the fourth quarter. You see, Arkansas State has these random spurts of fantastic defense or sometimes they might get lucky but every team gets lucky no matter who you are man even the even the Kansas City Chiefs in the NFL get lucky every football team gets lucky right but 
Arkansas State does have these moments where their defense is some of the best I've seen. Now, the Arkansas State offense looks really good. James Blackman, 23 for 37 for 320 yards, two touchdowns, only one interception. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. That's where they're getting most of their offense as well. Because when you look at rushing, not one, not one rusher had more than 30 yards. Each person had at least four carries. And the person with four carries, with the least amount of carries, Johnny Lang, had the most yards. Averaged six, six and a half yards per carry. None of them had touchdowns. Blackman had nine carries. Went for negative 18 yards. If you're going to win games in college football, you have to know how to run the ball. You have to teach your offensive line to block, right? You have to teach your offensive line that this is your president right now. Your running back, our running back, is your president. You have to protect them like you are the secret service. And apparently that's just not possible. Now, Johnny did do good. Six and a half yards per carry is pretty freaking good. I won't lie. But, you know. Now, Corey Rucker, on the other hand? Wide receiver? He looks fantastic. He looks incredible right now. He only had four receptions, but he had 115 yards. That is almost 30 yards per reception. I don't know about you, but I want to I be that type of wide receiver. Dahu Green had four, had four also had four receptions. 82 yards, 20 yards on average. 20 and a half yards on average. Both of those guys do so good at finding space and taking off. Dahu had a touchdown. Somehow Corey didn't. Well, that, that catches me off guard. I won't lie to you. But I will say, that is fantastic. That is fantastic receiving by both of them. Now, as I said, you can't do all that and then your defense just collapse in on itself. Because what happens with Arkansas State is they'll score, and then immediately the other team, the the opposing team will score immediately after. So then it's just like the game is just starting again because now it's basically zero to zero, right? Except it's you know seven to seven, it's tied. Well, what do you do when it's tied? You go score first, or what do you do when the game starts? You go score first. Well, then the other team has to rebuttal, so then they have to score. So then it's, then it just resets every time. As I said, the first quarter, they did fine. 14-7, to winning the quarter. That's good. But then they have quarters like 17-0. to They allowed Tulsa to tie it. And then Tulsa took off running. Quite literally. Took off running. Now, Tulsa, as I said, is not a great football team, but the team that Arkansas will be playing that Arkansas State will be playing in just a few days, hmm, is number 15 Coastal Carolina. Number 15 Coastal Carolina puts up incredible, incredible performances against every team they play. 
I've never seen anything like it. I really haven't. They beat Kansas 49-22. They beat Buffalo 28-25. That's actually a pretty low-scoring game for Coastal Carolina. They beat UMass 53-3. And then most recently, Louisiana Monroe 59-6. The only game they had less than 40 was a 28-25 win against Buffalo. And I'm sure that was just an off game. I haven't looked into any stats in that game. However, I'm sure it was just an off day. Coastal Carolina is very good. They score way more than they probably should. But they're also... They are also in the Sun Belt. The Sun Belt Conference has, has this way of not having great defenses. But having fantastic offenses. Take last year, for example, Arkansas State. And I don't... I, I, I'll have to look it up. But there was Arkansas State and this other team that had the, that scored the most points in, in an NCAA football game in NCAA history. Now, I don't know about you, but that's impressive. That's impressive to me, at least. Right. I mean, let's let's find it. Let's let's 59 to 52. Arkansas State and Georgia State. Arkansas State won that game. However, this brings up my point that Sunbelt defenses are not good. Coastal Carolina offense is very good. They find ways to score on almost every single possession. So I'm not totally sure about this next game. I have a feeling that Arkansas State is about to fall to 1-5. and five. And I hate, to, I hate to say that. However, I believe that it is true. I believe I believe it's going to be over for Arkansas State. I, I, I think at this point, to me, you can kind of throw this up and be like, there's nothing you can do. I mean, even the Memphis and Arkansas State game was 55-50. to 50. That's not good defense. And then Arkansas State lost to Washington 52-3. to 3. The only game... No... Every single game that Arkansas State has lost, they have given up 40-plus points. And I say all this because, personally to me, Coastal Carolina is probably not that deserving of a ranking in the NCAA. But I'm not a part of the ranking systems. I'm, I, I don't vote on that type of thing. So what do I know in that situation, right? What do I know at all about it? Now... Arkansas State, as I said, defense needs to be worked on very, very, very badly. However, offense is showing light at the end of the tunnel. They're 1-4 after the Tulsa game. And we'll see how the rest of the season pans out, but I have a feeling we will end with a losing record here this year. But don't give up hope yet, Arkansas State fans. I believe that there is light at the end of the tunnel. At some point, there will be. Once again, you are listening to Unqualified. My name is Will Stafford. I'm a sophomore at Arkansas State University. This is my podcast where I have absolutely no qualifications in the sports world. And I'm just giving my opinions and takes on certain things around the sports world. More specifically, Arkansas sports. But I do kind of veer off onto NBA and things like that. 
which, speaking of which, the NBA preseason starts this week, and I have never been so excited for something. This year is honestly going to be really exciting, in my opinion, because this, man, where do I even start, right? Arkansas, or no, I'm sorry, the NBA went through so many changes over the past year after after a few you know problems with covid and shutting down going into the bubble in Orlando things like that so many things have been switched up uh the NBA draft has already has already come and gone um and the preseason really looks like it'll pan out to be really good one person i am very excited to watch is Moses Moody in Golden State Moses Moody um I'm, 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 he, he went to the same high school as me, North Rock High School, um, before transferring out to Florida. Uh, however, he, um, he, you know, it's a big deal that he comes from, comes from my hometown and, um, and is now in the NBA playing for one of the best teams in the, in, in the, in the league. And so I'm very excited about that. Uh, I think the Warriors, um, are going to be very good because I believe Clay Thompson will be coming back after the All-Star break or uh, in December or something around. So it's December to February or something along that. December to February in that time frame from what I've read um, in the news. Um, you know, it's exciting. Um, the Warriors look really good. Clay Thompson will be coming back. Steph Curry, of course, is Stephen Curry. Scoring... Th- <laughs> I expect him to be scoring 30 points every preseason game. I just, I see it happening. He's just so good. Scores on and off the court. Um, and by off the court, I mean he scores because he's a great dad. Um, maybe that's not what I meant, but I will let your imaginations run wild. The NBA looks good. And very recently, the NBA put a mandate on vaccines and... Otherwise, you'll be fined, and you may not be allowed to play for your team in certain spots. Now, I personally agree with this. It's it's just in the overall, let's say, it is it is in the overall protection of the league. It's in the overall interest of the league to get vaccines and be able to continue playing basketball and make money, Right. And I'm not here to get political about it. If you don't want to get the jab, don't get the jab. If you want to get it, get it. I I mean, it's it's not my decision for anybody else but myself, right? But I personally agree with what the NBA did because at the end of the day, they're just trying to keep money, revenue, and things of that nature up and continue it in multiple different ways. Now, if you can't and, – and, you know, if you can't play – if if a COVID outbreak happens with one of your teams, well, then what happens? You can't play basketball. You don't make money. Ticket sales go down because people are like, oh, well, they're not playing tonight, so I'm not going to buy another ticket, right? I don't. I'm not. I can't watch this game on TV because the game got canceled. There's a COVID outbreak in LA or you know wherever. So, I get it. I get what Adam Silver and the NBA is trying to do and I believe that it is working. I am very excited to see what happens with Kyrie Irving in this whole situation. Because everybody knows Kyrie Irving is very outspoken about his beliefs, about how he uh carries himself, um what he believes in in, in what he believes in in general. 
and it's going to be it's going to be intriguing to see how he reacts to this mandate because I think we all know kind of probably what he will say, and he will probably say, I will not be taking it. From what I know, New York and surrounding areas have a mandate where you have to get a vaccine. Otherwise, you cannot go to work or things of that nature. So in that case, if he does not get the jab, he will not be playing at home games. And I and and that's just a part of what New York laws have passed. It makes sense. It it's overall I understand it, but I again I am very intrigued to see what happens with Kyrie Irving because he is very outspoken, and there's nothing wrong with that. Because I have this I have this love hate relationship with Kyrie Irving because for one he's very outspoken about what he believes in. Number two, a lot of times he says things that probably aren't the smartest things especially with how many people follow him how much how much people look up to him things of that nature so like i have like i don't know if to hate him or love him i don't hate people i just dislike a lot of times how people react to things and how they are with certain situations kyrie irving is one of those people and the thing is kyrie irving is such an essential part of the brooklyn nets team and organization that I don't know what they would do without him. Now, I understand that they already have James Harden and Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant being the most, one of the greatest scorers of all time, James Harden being one of the most creative players of all time. But Kyrie is, to me, an essential part of that starting lineup and the team in general. He has this energy to him that is very unmatched and people respect him around the league. A lot of people that you talk to, I promise you, will say, I respect Kyrie Irving more than a lot of people. I promise you. Because Kyrie Irving, as I keep saying, is very outspoken. People respect him more than a lot and a lot of players. Now, as I've said, DMA is going to be exciting, especially with the idea of Kyrie Irving. The NBA has a lot of new stars, well, hopefully new stars, that are going to be rising in their rookie and sophomore seasons. Lonzo Ball, I'm sorry, not Lonzo Ball, um, LaMelo Ball for the Charlotte Hornets looked fantastic as a rookie. Um, I mean, he he just looked, he looks like he knows he's supposed to be there, if that makes any sense at all. He looks like he knows that he is an NBA player and he knows how he's supposed to be carrying himself on the court. Not only as a player, but also as a person. He has so much confidence in himself and how he plays and how he and how he carries himself and how he talks, how he trash talks, things of that nature. It's it's incredible. Another thing, Lonzo Ball, his his older brother, his oldest brother, now plays for the Chicago Bulls. I believe that the Chicago Bulls are going to be exciting to watch. Like, they did a lot and a lot of moving around and and grabbing people. They have Lonzo at the point guard. DeMar DeRozan, uh, who played, who was drafted by the Raptors and then traded to the Spurs and now plays for the Bulls, uh, probably playing at power forward. Uh, Alex Caruso, of course. Uh, of course, Zach Levine. Um an amazing, an amazing um, talent that, I mean, I would want on my team, personally. Then you have Patrick Williams. Um, 
Patrick Williams, good good size for a forward. I would I would guess that he plays a good bit. Kobe White, uh, a rising to me, a rising star uh, in the making. Maybe not a not a maybe not a superstar, but if if they if the Bulls use him right, I absolutely believe that he can be very good. Of course, I cannot forget Nikola uh, Vucic. Uh, if I'm saying that right, um, Nikola Vuc- uh, Vucic. I think I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong. Uh, he he is a very good big center. Um, knows knows when to shoot. Knows how. To, he's a great glass cleaner. I mean, very good. I I would take him on my NBA team, uh, especially in two K. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. High flying, high flying, uh, shooting guard there. Um, I mean, they have a good. They have a good group of players here, especially on their starting lineup. Of course, DeMar DeRozan, one of the most lethal mid-range shooters in all of the league. Lonzo Ball, if he can fix his jump shot uh, a little bit and figure out that it's not a bad thing to shoot the ball, especially in uh, the NBA of of the 21st century, um, I believe that Lonzo Ball can become very good. Uh, Of course, Alex Caruso is the GOAT. Uh, no, uh, Alex Russo, of course, has his moments. Uh, Zach Levine has proven himself as a as a NBA All Star. Uh, these guys can be good. Uh, the Bulls the Bulls are going to be exciting to watch. If if you if if you get a chance to watch a Bulls game at any point in the season, I definitely uh, I definitely say try and go watch one because they're 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 a young exciting team. They like. To me, if if you are looking for a sport to watch, and you know you're trying to get into some into basketball, let's just say you're trying to get into the NBA uh, in 2021, I would say go watch a Chicago Bulls game because they're exciting. I mean, Zach Levine is one of the best dunkers in the league. I mean, who doesn't want to see that? And as I said, Derrick Jones Jr., super high flyer, he can dunk the ball like crazy. Lonzo has incredible has incredible floor awareness. DeMar DeRozan hits his mid-range shots at such a high efficiency. This team can be very good if they are if they they use their players and make their minutes right. Another team to watch out for in my opinion is the Golden State Warriors. I said this earlier. Uh these guys picked up two really good uh solid solid college kids in um in Moses Moody uh, who comes out of Arkansas uh, as a shooting guard? Uh, very, very good, um, very, very good shooter. Um, knows floor awareness. Very good team player. Very coachable. Uh, and then Jonathan Kaminga, who also is who is who is uh, a power forward. Uh, very tall power forward, six seven, two hundred twenty five pounds. Um, he, I mean, man, he is born. I am older than him. That is amazing. Um, Jonathan Kaminga is a very, very good player. Now, however, um, at the time of reading, looks like he has a, uh, looks like he will be out about a week, which would be, which would make him out for the beginning of, which would put him out for the first game or two of the season. Hopefully coming back uh, very soon. Uh, just a strained patella tendon, so nothing too serious. That's good to hear. Um, you know, but as I said, 
The Warriors are also a very exciting team to watch. Of course, you have the ever-so-great Stephen Curry, the greatest shooter of all time to many. Um, if you don't agree, argue with the wall. Uh, Clay Thompson, who is also an incredible shooter. Both of them make up the Splash Brothers. They're not called the Splash Brothers for nothing, right? Both of these guys can shoot the lights out. Um, then you have Andre Iguodala, who I don't even think... I don't know if he's retired yet or not. Anyway, uh, Andrew Wiggins, who to me is emerging as the next player to have a breakout season. Um, because Andrew Wiggins is just, to me, that good. Uh, James Wiseman looked fantastic in the Summer League. Uh, Wiseman uh, is... It's, Wiseman is going to be fantastic. Uh, I say in the summer league like he didn't play a full season with the Warriors. James Wiseman looked very good in his first rookie season. He, James Wiseman is going to be a very good center. Uh, great pickup by the Warriors last year. Um, Draymond Green, of course. Draymond Green is is one of the best in the game when it comes to defense and being very vocal on the court. Uh, incredible leader on the court. Um that's, that's my favorite thing about Draymond Green. Super good leader on the court. So what you are probably looking at, starting lineup-wise, is you're probably looking at Steph Curry uh, at point guard, Klay Thompson at shooting guard. Uh, then you're probably looking at James Wiseman at center. You're probably looking at Draymond Green at power forward. Uh, and then what I would probably guess is Otto Porter Jr. Or if Iguodala is not, if Iguodala is not retired... Uh, he's not, right? Okay, I'm sorry. No, he's not. For some reason, I was thinking he was. Uh, he, Andre Iguodala will probably be a small forward, if is if that if I am guessing. That starting five is very good. And you can't, you can't tell me otherwise. You just can't. That is a fantastic... Now, right now, of course, Clay Thompson is out hurt, so it'll probably be Andre Iguodala starting at uh, shooting guard to begin the season. Um, but once Clay Thompson is back, that is a powerful, powerful team, a starting lineup. And then the depth they have is incredible. Otto Porter Jr., great coming off the bench. Uh, Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, going to be fantastic. Damian Lee, great, a great, great shooting guard uh, to come off the bench. Uh, Avery Bradley, uh, great teammate. A uh, great player to be around, uh, from what I've read. Uh, they have great depth. They have a great starting lineup. Um, everything is going to obviously go through Steph Curry. He's the best. He is arguably a top three player in the league right now. Um, so, you know, everything's going to go through him, but he is also a fantastic, a, he is also a fantastic uh, team player. So you're going to see a lot. You probably see a lot of team play when Curry is on the court, even when Curry is off the court. As I said, Draymond Green is a fantastic team player, fantastic team leader. So this team is going to be fantastic to watch. This is another team that if you're trying to get into the NBA, you're trying to understand what the NBA is, uh, you're trying to watch a fun game, the Warriors are another team to watch. If the Bulls and Warriors have a game, watch that game. That that would be the most fun game you will ever watch on for the NBA, to, especially to start off with. The NBA preseason, again, is starting very, very soon. Um, I believe it's not far from here. Um, but yeah, the NBA is going to be great to watch, especially coming out of uh, the bubble. 
Uh, I'm sorry. They that we did have a one full year outside of the bubble, but that was with most teams without a uh without crowds, without any fans in the crowd. Um and even if they were, uh they were social distance so it wasn't full stadiums, wasn't full arenas. Uh but this year, uh looks like there will be full stadiums everywhere. Uh depend especially it really all depends on where you are, but most teams will have full stadiums slash arenas. Um, so it's going to be exciting because in the NBA, when you add, when you take away the fans and take away f- ambience of the fans, it's a complete, completely different ball game. I mean, NBA to me, I think fans, uh, fans, I think I said this in episode one um, for the foot for football, but fans go a long way in the NBA. And I think that they are most important in the NBA. Um, just because they are just so, so, I mean, everything is going on. You, you really feel like you are a part of something, especially as an NBA fan, as an NBA fan, you feel like you are a part of the game. It's, it's weird to under, it's weird to explain, but the NBA as a whole needs fans. And now that fans are coming back and will be a part of sold out arenas, it's going to be exciting it's going to be very exciting to watch. You're listening to Unqualified, the podcast where I have absolutely no qualifications in the sports world. However, I feel it is my personal obligation to give you my opinions and my thoughts on things around the sports world. Again, I do not have my co-host Andrew here with me today. Um, has many things he is doing uh, that, you know, just keep them away from here, and that is okay. Although everybody here, only me, uh, misses him here. It's weird not to bounce off somebody. Um, but yeah, this 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 po- this podcast episode has been a little bit shorter. Uh, not as much to talk about. Not crazy. Nothing crazy going on around the sports world uh, this week. Nothing insane, at least. Uh, no retirements. Nothing like that. Um, but yeah, the sports world, uh, I have a feeling this next week will be crazy just because this week was pretty silent when it came to it. Um, oh, I did forget, however, MLB playoffs started. I watched the the St. Louis Cardinals lose on a walk-off home run in the wild card game. Very unfortunate. Uh, fantastic hit by uh, for the Dodgers, however. Um, not a big fan of the Dodgers, though. Uh, I'll be honest. Not a big fan. Um, but the MLB playoffs are looking good. I believe I have, let me, I I will take a look at my bracket that I filled out. Um, if you guys haven't, and if you're into it, uh, go to the MLB.com and make sure to fill out some, fill out a a pre or postseason bracket because, you know, Hey, you never know. Maybe you could guess it perfectly right. Maybe you could guess even the runs down to the runs. Uh, for me, I have the oh well, I believe that I have the Giants winning it all against the Astros in six games. Um, the Giants just look fantastic. Uh, I mean, the Giants are just so good right now. Um, I certainly, I certainly would never count them out in anything. Um, I what I have is I have. 
the Rays and Red Sox. I believe I have the Red Sox or the uh, Rays winning, and then I have the Astros beating the White Sox. Then I have the Giants beating the Dodgers, and then I have the Brewers beating the Braves. And then it's going to be the Giants over the Bra- Brewers. It's going to be the Astros over the Rays, and then it's going to be the Astros and the Giants with the Giants winning in six games in the World Series. Um, this year in the MLB has been really good, has been really fun to watch. Um, of course, Shohei Otani. I'm a, I'm an Angels fan, so I'm a little bit biased, but Shohei Otani, of course, is a fantastic, fantastic generational talent. Um, reminds everybody of Babe Ruth, including myself, um, can pitch and hit the ball. So that's going to be fun to watch. Um, as you know, if the Angels can pick it up, pick up the pace on picking up some, some more talents and, um, figuring out you know, how to win a playoff game or how to get above 500. And I think I can say that because I am a fan. So, um, but yeah, the the MLB postseason is going to be super fun to watch. A lot of great teams um, in the postseason be, just because, I mean, this is, this is one of the craziest, like it's coming out of a shortened MLB season. So a lot of teams have been really working their butts off and figuring out, oh, this is how we win this game. Things like that. I mean, the Giants have 104 wins, I believe it was. 104. No, I'm sorry, 107 wins. And the Dodgers have 106. The Dodgers have 106 wins, and they are the fourth seed. If that doesn't tell you anything, I don't know what will. Because, I mean, like, even then, like, the Brewers are 95 and 67 going into the, uh, going into the, uh, ALDS. And the Braves are 88 and 73. Brewers are 95 and 67. Um, the Giants and the Dodgers both have over 105 wins. The White Sox, uh, and Astros have over 92 wins each. The Rays have a hundred wins. The Red Sox are 92 and 70. But my point is the Dodgers have 106 wins and are still the fourth seed. That is how good this year has been for it, for the MLB. Fantastic, fantastic playing from a lot and a lot of teams, um, a lot of people expected the Padres to be in it. Uh, they in they were below five hundred uh, most of the season, so I I never really expected them to go anywhere. Um, but Tatis Jr. Uh, looks fantastic. Super big believer in him. Um, he'll be a generational talent. Uh, this 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 let's just say this class of all stars is some of the best I have seen in a very very long time in the MLB. And I've been following the MLB all my life. I've loved the MLB all my life. And this is some of the best talent I've ever seen in the MLB across both the National and American Leagues. It is it is incredible. Uh, so if you guys get the chance, go to MLB.com slash brackets. Go fill out your brackets. Maybe you can win some money, right? Maybe you can maybe you can win uh Maybe you can win some money. Guess maybe you can guess the exact amount of runs in the World Series. You never know. We'll see. Uh, anyway, as I said earlier, uh, this this is a shorter podcast today. Um, there's just not a lot going on in the sports world right now. Um, my name is Will Stafford. I'm a sophomore at Arkansas State, and you have listened to Unqualified. And once again, I still have no idea what I'm talking about. I still have absolutely no qualifications. <laughs>